grateful today for that wonderful grace that we have, that loving, forgiving Savior, kind Savior. What a wonderful Savior is He. I'm reminded so many and oftentimes when I've had to go before the Lord and each and every time as I've gone before Him, I've found grace to help in the time of need, forgiveness, mercy, and grace. And that's what it's all about today. It's about God extending that wonderful hand of His love to a lost and dying world, which we all are a part of in every generation has ever had a need, it has been the need for God's saving grace in their life. As last week we celebrated the resurrection of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ, this week God has placed within my spirit, and I want to share with you for a few moments from the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 21. While you're turning there, I want to uh, just say again how grateful we are for your prayers and we're praying for you and our support. Uh, Amen system is here, uh, ready to move into action and many things we have done, uh, a lot of things that people are not altogether aware of, but we have folks that are uh, actually doing some things and, and uh, meeting needs during this time and we're grateful for that and uh, just thanking you for all that you've done. And I also just want to remind everybody uh, that this will not last forever. That I believe, as Bishop said just a few moments ago, that when we come through this, I believe we're going to be stronger than ever before. And for that, I'm grateful today. Uh, for God can take bad situations and make wonderful things out of them. And uh, today, I'm just excited about what the future holds for the kingdom and glory of God. And just to be a part of it. Just to be a part of it. Uh, in John chapter 21, beginning at verse 15, we we'll share with you here. The Bible said, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. Then he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. How many believes that today, that he does know all things? Peter knew this. He said, Lord, you know all things. Peter had experienced what I'll share with you in a few moments. Something, I just want to stop there for a minute and just remind us that Christ had already spoken into Peter's life and it came to pass. So Peter had firsthand revelation that Christ did know all things. And he was grieved at this. He, he knew that Christ knew his heart. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. During this particular time, we find uh, Christ reaching out to Peter in a very special way. I want to share 
this morning for a few moments from this thought. Don't let failure define you. Don't let failure define you. The Bible said that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I'm so grateful today that we have a loving Savior. Amen. That even on our journey, in those moments where we need him, he's there and he's available to each and every one of us. So I want to pray. Father, we ask you that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, I'm nothing, Father, but a vessel surrendered unto you. And asking you, Lord, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that you would speak to your people. God, that you would accomplish, Father, by taking your word and allowing it to, to enter the ears and get to the very heart and soul of every life. And, Lord, do a work within them, God, that they can rejoice in, a work, Father, that they can testify the goodness of God in their life. Today, God, we praise you for what you're doing and what you're going to do, even in the midst of this pandemic. God, we believe, Father, that as we come out of this thing, that we're going to, to have some, some, some wonderful, wonderful experiences, God, in ministry because of what you're doing, Lord, because of how you're shifting the church and, and how you're moving us out of our comfort zone and you're, you're allowing us to see, Father, more clearly than we've seen before. This is the year 2020, and in the midst of all this, God, I believe that clearer vision is is taking place. We may have to, to shift around. It may be uncomfortable, Lord, but you are leading us, Father, into a fresh anointing and a fresh ministry, God, that allows us to be more equipped to reach this harvest and to reap this harvest for the kingdom and glory of God. And Lord, we'll give you the praise as you guide us by your spirit. Let us be tuned in in our very souls and we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today I am reminded so often many times about the the many, many, many times that I have failed God, not only when I was a sinner, but even as I became a child of God, knowing him as my wonderful Lord and Savior, I have found his grace to be very real in my life and his forgiveness to be very real in my life. You would ask today if there had been any moments where I have fallen, and I would say to you absolutely, and if I live long enough, I'll try my best to walk in God's grace. And I pray that those moments don't happen, but if they do, I thank God that I have a Father today who is very ready to move into our situations and to bring restoration in our life. And too often and many times, if we're not careful we will uh, uh, begin to neglect the grace of God uh, in the midst uh, of religious uh, opinions. But I want to tell you today that if it were not for God's grace, we would not have any hope. In the midst of all this, I'm reminded of Peter as God began to speak to my heart throughout the week and I, I just began to meditate on Peter and I began to meditate on the circumstances that we celebrate uh, 
in this season, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, but also knowing this, that we see some things in the midst of these moments that give us revelation and give us hope today. I want to speak this into to those that are watching and those that will be watching, those that are tuning in even now. I want you to know that your God is not only a God of the salvation experience, he's a God of grace that will help you to make this journey successfully even when you fail. Amen. Thank God today that he's a God that don't give up on us when we make mistakes and when we fall short of the glory of God. We can look around and if we want to be judgmental and we can find fault in everybody and everything. Amen. Uh, people do it all the time. They try to find fault in this and find fault in that and find fault in, in this woman or this man or these children. Fault can be found everywhere for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, there is none perfect, no, not one, uh, but the Father which is in heaven. But I want to tell you today that he's not only a God uh, of your salvation, he is a God of your journey. He's a God that will help you make it all the way to the end. Amen by his sweet precious Holy Spirit. The Bible said Jesus as he ascended on high said that I will go to the Father but I will send the Comforter. This precious Comforter is a guide. He's a convictor. Amen. He convicts the hearts. He speaks to our lives concerning the glory and the love of God in leading us on our journey. How many know today that the Spirit of God is speaking to humanity on a regular basis. He's not only speaking to the church, he's speaking to those who have not known Christ as Savior. He's speaking to those who have rejected God. This is how much God loves us. He's not only showing up on Sunday morning to speak to the church, he's showing up in many ways throughout society across this world to reveal his grace and his glory to a world that he loves so dearly today. This is our God. And in the midst of failure, there are going to be failures. There's going to, why? Because we're living in an imperfect world and an imperfect people with only one perfect God that we must draw near to. This is why we need him in our journey. Uh, this is why we depend on him in our failures. Don't let failure define you. There was times in my life uh, when my failure was louder than the grace of God. There was times in many people's lives that the times when they had fallen short became a, an echo sounding board. Every time they would try to go forward in the Lord, that, that guilt and that shame, that, that failure would just begin to sound off in their spirit and make them feel unworthy. I'm so glad today that when I fall, God didn't kick me to the curb. When I made a mistake or when I had fallen short of the glory of God, that God didn't just push me aside and and, and cast me out. Thank God for his grace today. But he took an old country boy, amen, humble before God that had been feeling the conviction of God. How many knows today the Spirit of God will let you know when you have fallen short that you might go before that throne of grace in humility and repentance and find hope in the midst of it all. Thank God today we're going to see in Peter's life that the, the grace of God in such a way that I pray is going to inspire you to not 
ever allow your failure to define you. Just because I failed did not mean that, that my calling had been cast off of me and that my life had, had been cast away from the presence of God. There are many of you today, the enemy is trying to make you feel, amen, that God doesn't care about you. He doesn't have a purpose for you anymore because you're not worthy because you failed him. But look at the life of Peter and rejoice today. He is a God of grace. Hallelujah. He's a God of grace. If this don't give you any hope, I don't know what will. I want to share with you some things along this particular narrative that will, I pray, inspire you to rise up out of your circumstances and your despair and your oppression and realize the love of God and the grace of God. Amen. Is sounding aloud in your life today that God is wanting to tell you to let it go. Let go of the guilt of that failure. Bring it before me and let me cleanse it from your life and let me reestablish you and let me give you a clear vision again. Don't you let the enemy take your failure and keep you from walking in God's perfect grace. Amen. Oh, when we begin to think about Peter, we think about his relationship with Christ. We think about how much that the Lord loved him. Oh, he was very dear to Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, we find throughout the, 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 the history of their relationship uh, that Peter, amen, has, has, uh, has shown so much affection for the Lord uh, throughout it all, uh, trusting him, drawing near to him, intently listening to what the Lord would have to say, desiring to be with him, uh, desiring more of him. I don't know about you, but I desire him every day of my life. When I wake up, I want more of him, Amen. I want to get uh, by myself and, and I want to find myself calling out to him and allowing him to speak to me. Amen. Not only through prayer, but through the word of God and through study, through devotion and let the spirit of God just uh, begin to, to pour into my life. Peter had this heart for the Lord. He loved Jesus. There wasn't nothing he wouldn't do for Jesus. He had a heart for him. As a matter of fact, as we read this particular scripture, Jesus already knew his heart and Peter had said yes Lord you know that I love you and Peter wasn't just saying that Peter really did love the Lord he had found himself in a circumstance earlier oh, before the crucifixion of Christ that, that was that was a, a, a very impactful to his life when we go back into Matthew chapter 24 uh, excuse me 26 we begin to find in verse 30 and 35 that Christ had begun to reveal unto Peter that he would deny him and through the scriptures as the scriptures had prophesied that as he was taken that all those would scatter that were of him and they did as they arrested Christ every one of them scattered and Peter scattered And but when Jesus declared this unto Peter he said you're going to deny me Peter said no not so Lord he said I'll even die with you but before we know it we find that Christ knew just exactly what was going on and what was going to take place. He knows everything about us. He knows where we're at and he knows our weaknesses today. The Lord knew Peter would fail, number one. He understood this, but it did not stop the Lord from loving Peter. Amen. 
Thank God today he knows that we'll fail him. He knows where our weaknesses are, but it doesn't stop him from loving us. And in the midst of all this, this is what Peter finds about Christ. He knows he loves him. He knows that Christ loves him back. And in the midst of all this, Christ is saying, you're going to deny me. Peter's saying, no, Lord, I love you. I'm not going to deny you. Let all the other disciples go and let them do whatever they're going to do and scatter, but I'm going to stick right by you to the end. But Jesus, amen, knowing Peter's heart still understood that some things that are coming to our lives, amen, have the potential of keeping us from being able to do what our heart really wants to do. It is overwhelming. We need God's strength in our life. We need his power. We need to grow in him on our journey. But we don't need to let failure keep us from pressing on in that relationship with God today. We don't need that. We need to understand that Peter, Peter really believed that he was not going to fail God. He was not going to fail the Lord. He really, he meant what he said. How often in my life have I said, Lord, I love you. Each and every one of us watching today, we've, we've really said and declared and even now, amen, there's some things that have kept you down, but you really in your heart, you really love the Lord. And, and, and God is saying what you're doing is you're allowing your failure to keep you from walking in the freedom of that love and in the grace that he has provided for you. Oh, what a wonderful thing to know that when Peter did find himself struggling outside the court as they had brought Jesus in, arrested him, there he began to find himself being accused of hanging around Jesus. Peter said, no, I've never, never been around that man. And then he moved on from there and another person came up, said, Peter, I said, this man, this man's been hanging around with Jesus. I've seen him before. He said, no, not so. All the while he was denying Christ, he did not understand what he was doing, but it was being fulfilled, what the Lord had said. And then he went on and moved closer to the gate and, and another came up and said, yes, I've seen this man. He's been with him. And he frustratingly and, and angrily and agitatedly said, no, I don't know this man. And about that time, amen, the rooster crowed. And when he heard the sound of the crow, he realized that he, had failed, that he had denied the Lord. Jesus knew that he would do this. Can I go ahead and tell somebody it didn't stop there? Amen. This affected Peter in his life. This affected Peter in a great way, though it doesn't really talk about it a lot, but I don't know about you, but when you really love the Lord and you fail him, it affects your life. <laughs> it hurts. And it hurt Peter. The Lord knew that he would fail. He knew, knew where Peter would need development in his life. He knew where Peter would need strength in his weakness. And not only did he know he needed development, but God knows how to develop us. 
I'm so grateful today that he doesn't just save us and leave us as we are, but that he develops us. He He changes us. Glory to God. From the time we're born into the kingdom, he continues to do a work in us. We're transformed from glory to glory. We go through one trial and we come out on the other side, as Bishop said, stronger than we were when we went in. Many times we go into the trial questioning, why am I here? Why did God let this happen to me? But when we come out on the other side... Oh, glory to God, we find that God has transformed us and developed us. If you remember when they arrested Christ in the, in the garden, Peter reached out and took his sword and he took off the ear of Malchus. This was in his mindset, the right response. But Jesus told Peter, put your sword in your sheath. And he took the ear of Malchus and placed it back on his head and he healed him. Here is Peter who didn't understand this was the proper response. But now because he has experienced this moment with Christ he has learned something. It is it has caused something to develop in him. I'm thankful today that every time I've made a wrong that God has shown me by his grace how to make it right today. Amen. In the midst of this moment of failure can alter your course if you let it. Some of you should be working for the Lord today, doing great and mighty things for God in some capacity. You've got a call on your life. You've been running from it because your failures have been louder than God's call. And his grace. You've listened to the enemy rather than tune in to the Lord. I remember a song many years ago when I was a kid. I love them older songs. Me and Bishop was talking about it yesterday about the quartets. My dad, he sang in a quartet. He, he loved music. And he uh, was a choir director. Man, he just loved the Lord. I'll never forget to, when he left the Baptist church, it blew my mind. And uh, I knew he had been filled with the Holy Ghost. And he left that Southern Baptist church where we attended all those years. And he went to the church of God. I saw a difference in him. Uh, it was amazing to me. But I remember watching on TV. They had the, the church of God there and there and was on TV at the time. Of course, they quit with it after a while, after a short time. But I turned the TV on and there was Daddy. Now, Daddy usually sang like this. That's how he sang. Boy, God blessed him, and, and, and he, he loved the Lord, and he was anointed. But one day I turned the TV on, and there he was in the Church of God service. They done had him out of the pew and up on the stage. And he was singing, Just a little talk with Jesus. 
I seen his hand going back and forth. I seen him moving around. I thought myself, my goodness, I've never seen him so happy in my life. I've seen him happy, but I've never seen him this happy. You know why he was this happy? Because he had an experience with God. Amen. Was filled with the Holy Ghost. He loved the Lord. And get back to the song just for a minute. He began to, to remind me of a song many years ago that I, I used to hear Daddy sing. He said, come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sang. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Some of you need to turn your radio on and listen to what the master has to say to you because the enemy is trying to keep you from soaring in the wings and grace of God in your calling. And this is a fact. This is, this is how the enemy works. He knows when you obey God and when you walk in his grace that you're going to win. Each and every one of us. It may not look like to the world that we're winners, but wait till the trumpet sounds. It may not look like we're going to win in our journey and walk with God sometimes because we, we do have moments where we fail or fall short. Amen. But thank God for His grace. When the Lord stands with you on that judgment day, He's going to stand there and He's going to say, hold on just a minute. Amen. There's no sin in this one's life. This is one of mine. Thank God today. Amen. For an advocate we have that is covering us in His grace even in our failure. I'm telling you today, don't let failure keep you from walking in that place God has called you. Don't let it define you. Amen. Shake it off at the foot of the cross and let his grace cover you. The blood cover you and let his grace strengthen you and pick you up and allow you to walk by faith in that wonderful grace of God. I'm telling you, if people today would get all excited again and not let the enemy remind you of your failures and you would tune in to the master again. I, you know, I got to back up just for a moment and, and just think about some things in my life. One of the greatest things, and I ran for a while, I ran for a while, and I think most people that I've ever heard receive the call of God in any form found themselves kind of reserved or even running. I didn't stop serving the Lord. I was running from the call for about a year, a little over a year, when the Lord called me. I knew that God had something for me to do. I'm telling you, some of you know God wants you in the choir. Amen. Some of you know God wants you working in some kind of capacity, teaching Sunday school, doing something there for the Lord. Some of you may even have the call to preach and you've been running from it. Some of you may have the call to, to do outreach and you're running from it. Some of you may have the call to do many things, not just one thing, but many things, and you're running from it. 
because you're allowing your failure to make you feel unworthy. But look at Peter today. In a moment of failure can alter your course. It can keep you from walking where God wants you to walk. I'm so glad that as I begin to be reminded of when the Lord called me, I ran for a year, but I'm so glad he wouldn't turn me loose. Every time I turn around, he was, he was uh, speaking to my heart and, and, and he was laying that burden in my life till one day. I finally said, I can't take it no more. You know what I'm, I'm praying? I'm praying that some of you, amen, are going to finally say, I can't take it no more. I'm ready to give in to what the Lord wants me to do. That's what my prayer is. I finally, one day I said, Lord, I can't do this without you. Lord, you know my life. You know where I failed and I need you. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to have your strength. I'm going to have to have your anointing because I do not have the ability to fulfill this. God said, I didn't ask you to have the ability. I just asked you to have the availability. And if you make yourself available, God will make you to be able to have the ability through his grace. Peter knew this, yet Peter was holding on to the failure of his denial. At this particular point in John chapter 21, they already knew that Christ had resurrected. They had gone into Galilee, were waiting. This time Peter, as he's standing there with those around him, says, I'm going to go fishing in his mind, he was going right back to the life he was living before Christ met him and called him to be a disciple. He was going right back to the same place that was comfortable to him. In my mind, I've got to believe that because of what Peter did, this is my feelings on this. Uh, many theologians may have other thoughts, but my feelings on this uh, uh, for many years have been uh, that Peter somehow must have felt the guilt uh, of falling short as he denied Christ. Because knowing Christ had risen, why would he want to go back and fish again? Amen. Why would he not want to just take the excitement of seeing the greatest experience this world has ever seen and be able to go and tell somebody now more than ever before, hey, we were walking with Jesus before. Y'all placed him on a cross and, and buried him in a tomb and, and we were doing ministry with Jesus. Y'all tried to get rid of him, but right now, hey man, he, he's not in the grave. He is risen from the grave and, and I'm telling you more than ever before I would think Peter would be more excited about the ministry but there was something that was keeping him from walking in that call I believe it was the very thought of that failure even though he had already seen Christ since he had risen from the grave, even though he had already broke, broken bread with him, and here they were now days later, he's in a boat fishing. He's in a boat fishing. 
did not understand that Christ forgave him and would forgive him for what happened in the garden. How many knows today that Christ will forgive you of what happened yesterday and all the days of your past? Christ will forgive you. Then the church, we need revival. You need to understand Christ will forgive you. We need our homes to be blessed again. You need to understand Christ will forgive you. We need to walk in the spirit of unity, not only amongst ourselves, but especially in our relationship with God. Christ will forgive you. Christ forgives failures, and you need to forgive yourself. Amen. His meeting in John 21 was about restoring Peter's heart. His heart had lost. Ever heard someone say it took the wind out of his sails? I've seen many through the years that would, would be soaring high for the Lord, but then they would have a moment where they fell short or, or something, not judging the, the action. It could have been something small in the eyes of man or something great, but something happened in their life that took the wind out of their sails. And Christ came to meet with Peter because he desired to put the wind back in his sails. I want to tell somebody today, God wants to put the wind back in your sails. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He wants to allow you to, to be able to soar again upon the grace that he's provided for you. He want, wanted to restore Peter's heart. It was affected by this denial. It had him out fishing on a boat Instead of pressing forward in what he knew to be the call of God in his life. Not only would he restore Peter's heart as he began to ask him a very question that Peter knew he knew the answer to. Lord, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. You know this. Three times he was asked this. I believe the Lord was allowing him to reestablish his focus. Do you love the Lord today? Is that your answer today? Then let that be the foundation upon which you live your life. I love the Lord. Every day get up, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Let that be a declaration of your life every day. This is what Christ was trying to restore in Peter's mind and in his spirit. The affirmation upon which he would stand. He would reaffirm Peter's call by reminding him what it was he should be doing versus what it was he was doing. Christ had called Peter to preach and to teach the glorious gospel. He kept telling him after he'd asked the question, do you love me? The first question he asked, do you love me more than these? I believe some believe that what he was asking was, do you love me more than you love what you're doing right now? Are you willing to sacrifice this lifestyle that you've been living that you might do what I'm about to ask you to do and that is feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. Take care of my sheep. How can I do that? What sheep is he talking about? He's talking about humanity. 
those that would come into the fold. He's talking about those that would become children of God. Amen. As we were winning them, as they would walk through the door, Jesus Christ, and become a part of the kingdom of God. He's talking about tending to these sheep and preaching the message of the gospel everywhere he would go that he might win those around them to the Lord. He's talking about taking time to forget about fishing in a river or in an ocean and learn how to fish for men. If we spent more time fishing for men than we did talking about men, we might could win some men. Amen. God help us. Help us. And Peter is being restored to the vision of his call. Then Peter is being renewed to that vision. And then finally, as we see through this particular moment with Christ, we see that Christ did not just walk away from Peter. I want you to get this in your mind and in your spirit. Christ did not walk away from Peter because of his failure. He went looking for him. He said, I I want to tell somebody today, the Lord is looking for you. You say, well, he ought to know where I'm at. He's the Lord. He does, but he's, he's looking for you in the sense that he desires you. Oh, it's not that he don't know where you're at. He knows right where you're at, but he's looking for you. He desires you. Well, preacher, you just don't know how I failed God. You don't know the things. Thank goodness today that he didn't just walk by Peter. He went looking for him. He left the 99 to go find the one. My goodness today. And he'll do just that because he is focused with an intent to forgive, to restore Peter, because of this moment, began to embrace the grace. I want to tell somebody today, you've got to embrace the grace. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't want to sound judgmental because, you know, I believe, I believe so wonderfully that God's word reminds us that we should not live to sin, but And even recently, there's been some conversation about that in particular religious venues. One of the statements had been made, and and it sounds good, amen to God, if you're in the backwoods somewhere and you're in a church and and things are just uh, hopping, just to drop a statement like that. It said that holiness demands... Holiness demands a sin-free life. I said, God, I said, I, 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 just, I just need you to help me. And, before I, and I normally don't reply to these things, but I just couldn't let it go. Because I have heard so much, it's holiness or hell all my life, that people have literally been driven away because it almost pushes God's grace away. And I said, God, you've got to help me. I can't be holy without you. I, I, the holiness we're, we're able to have is because of his righteousness. 
I said, God, help me to declare this in such a way. I said, it's not that holiness demands a sin-free life as much as it is that holiness produces a life that doesn't desire to sin anymore. I said, thank you, Lord. Because if we think we're going to go through every day of our life sin-free the rest of our lives, that'd be a wonderful thing. But I got news for you. Not many do it. At some point, at some point, they find themselves needing God's grace again. I want to tell somebody today, don't be discouraged if those moments come in your life and when they come because the same Lord that loved Peter loves you. He loves you. I want you, if you will, today just to... Join with me in your living rooms and stand with me if you will. And if the Lord is speaking to your heart right where you're at, maybe you felt like Peter and that failure's been been hard for you to overcome. Maybe it's kept you from stepping out and, and doing what God's desired for you to do. You love the Lord, but you just can't get past what happened. You love the Lord, but the enemy won't won't stop reminding you. I just want to tell you today, when he tries to remind you of what you've done and how you failed God, you remind him of the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from all unrighteousness. You remind him that you're a child of God. You remind him that you're not going to make it to heaven by your works, but you're going to make it to heaven simply because you embrace the grace of God. And you're depending on him and not what you've done. All the goodness of God in your life, the good things that you do in your life. The goodness of God in your life won't get you to heaven. It's the grace of God through the cross of Calvary. There's a song said, there is joy divine that is ever mine since the Lord has forgiven me. Well, I'm so thankful that I have a throne that I can go to an altar and I can find that grace to help today. You can find that grace. Peter became a powerhouse for the Lord. After this experience in John chapter 21, he became a great powerhouse for God. In this moment, God developed him. Christ developed him. Reminded him. And he marched forward. Did he make mistakes? Yeah, if you read the book of Acts, you'll find that He had a problem with Gentiles. Him and Paul, Paul had to kind of get on him a little bit, straighten him out. Do you think that we're all, don't have those moments where we don't see things the way God wants us to see things, where we need to? We'll respond accordingly. Then God began to speak to Peter. Amen on a rooftop one day. He said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, oh no, not me, Lord. 
I've never ate anything uncommon or unclean. He said, no, Peter. He said, what I have called, what I have cleaned, don't call uncommon or unclean. I won't tell you the devil wants you to feel uncommon and unclean. But God loves you. He loves you. And he'll go the distance to change your life today. Father, I ask you everywhere that ears are tuned in. In these homes, God may be in a car, riding down the road, listening by phone. Whatever the case may be, today, God, I feel your Holy Spirit reaching down to place your arm around one of the very individuals and many individuals who have felt the way Peter has felt. They have felt uncommon, unworthy, unclean, yet they desired to be a part, Lord, of your full purpose in their life. They need God for you to extend and speak your heart to them as you did unto Peter to know that they've not been walked by, passed by, cast away. Oh God, Lord, that they are just as important to you today as they were when they failed, when they fell short. Today, God, you're not basing our future on our failures. You're basing our future by your grace. Father, I want to thank you today for that grace. Let these that are listening that need God to hear this, that need to be reminded of this, that desire, Father, to do what Peter did, just embrace it right now. I ask you to do that. Will you do that in your living rooms, wherever you're at? God loves you. He hears you. And because he lives, you can face tomorrow and face it in victory. You don't have to to keep living under the thumb of the guilt of falling short. Child of God, raise your head. Do what Peter did. Embrace that grace. Turn to the Lord and let Him restore you right where you're at. Let His Holy Spirit put the wind back in your sails. The enemy is not going to win today. In Jesus' name. If you'll respond, to the very call of God to your soul right now. Lord, we ask you, God, not only to minister to these, and if you've responded to this, we want you to let us know. Let us know the Lord has touched you. Let us know the Lord has has restored your sight and you are ready to rise up again. You feel the wind getting back in your sails. Let us know these things. Maybe... Maybe you haven't accepted the Lord as Savior, but you're kneeling right now. You're praying right now. God save you. You've realized how much He loves you just in this moment. And you've asked Him to come and to cleanse you and to save you and forgive you and to bring you into the kingdom of God, to be a child of God. Let us know about that. Maybe you need a touch of healing in your body. Maybe you need a touch of healing in your family, God's healing, miraculous, graceful touch. Father, we ask you to breathe on these right now. 
of your anointing. We ask you, Lord, that you would take this time, Lord, and Father, bring a supernatural manifestation of your glorious love and grace through answered prayer. Continue to touch Sister Kay right now, God. We ask you to breathe on her. Father, raise her up in health out of that bed of affliction she's in in that hospital room. Let her rise with healing in her body. Be a sounding voice, the glorious testimony of God. Father, we love you. Lord, be with the Becky Mitchell family today, friends and loved ones who've known her. Lord, that have, that have had a relationship with her and has been affected by this, God, we pray, comfort them. Comfort them, God, in ways that only you can. Father, I'm reminded today of so many others, and you know where they're at. God, I pray for our churches everywhere, pastors everywhere, leaders everywhere, our leadership here. God, we're not separated when it comes to the eyes of God. We're all together a unit of the kingdom of God. We're the bride of Christ. There's no big eyes, no little U's, but Lord, we pray for our brother churches and our sister churches as well as we do our very own church. And we ask you, God, that you would let the flame of revival through this pandemic burn so fervently and mightily that, Father, when we're able to gather again, the churches, Lord, will have stepped up another rung on the ladder and not be identified as they once were, but be identified as greater than they were before carrying forth the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ in word and in power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I pray that your heart was touched today and that God has accomplished something in you and that you desired him to do that. And as we leave this place, we ask you, as Bishop did earlier, please remember 6 o'clock as we take a time of worship, an hour of worship, we appreciate all those that have come out to make this happen. We want to thank Brother Mike and Mike Bennett and Brother, and, uh, and Brother Mickey as they have given their time, more time than they normally have given. Uh, having to give, they've really been spending a lot of time in their call. And we appreciate what they're doing. Without what they're doing, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So we thank them. Amen. And I pray that you'll let them know how much you appreciate them as well. And uh, thanks so much for Bishop being here with us today. It was a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> See him walk through those doors. And I want to thank Sister Cheryl for that, uh, that I'm going to be enjoying here in just a few minutes. Amen. And uh, it did help me, I think, preach a little bit better. Hallelujah. We love you. Brother Buddy, been here every day and been able to. We've had to have a small crowd, Brother Bobby and Brother Shannon, my wife. Small crowd, we're still under the under the uh, number that we're supposed to have. Uh, sometimes we might go over that a little bit, but we're trying to do what we're doing so that we can just be the vessels that God can work through to meet every need in your life. We love you. God loves you. Hope to see you tonight in Jesus' name.